Would you pray with me? O oh God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable to you. O oh God, our rock and redeemer. Amen. The story goes like this. There is a famine in the land everywhere. The fields are failing and the people are starving. A woman named Naomi is from Bethlehem and she hears that there is food in Moab and so she goes there with her husband. Suddenly, tragedy strikes and Naomi is widowed, left to fend for herself along with her two sons in the land of Moab. Eventually, those two sons do grow up and they are married to two women, to Orpah and Ruth. Together, they all lived as one big extended family. But then tragedy strikes again. The two sons die. Naomi, their mother, is bereft. But more than that, she is now alone in the world, in a world not known for its fair treatment of women, in a world where a woman's security is tied up to her husband's ability to provide and to work. And so Naomi decides to go back to Bethlehem, back to where she's from, because maybe, just maybe, someone will take her in. And so Orpah and Ruth go with her. But somewhere along the journey, Naomi gets anxious. She's probably scared that no one will take them in, let alone take these two women from a strange land with her. And so she urges Orpah and Ruth to go back, to try somehow to start over, to find new husbands, a new life, because she just knows she cannot take care of them on her own. And eventually Orpah does. She goes back to Moab. And Naomi urges Ruth to go back with her. But then Ruth says these famous lines read by Rory. She says, please, please do not make me leave you. Where you go, I will go. Where you live, I will live. Your people will be my people and your God will be my God. And so together, they begin the long journey home. Home is a complicated thing, though we wish it weren't. There's somewhere deep in the human heart that is always longing for home, a soft place where we belong, where there's always a seat open for us and a heart ready to hold our stories, where at the end of the day we can lay our backpacks and burdens down and simply be home. It's what we seek when we're just starting some new part of our lives. In a new city, just starting college or after that first real grown-up job. 
or after graduation, but before you get the job and before any routine exists, or freshly single after a long relationship, we wonder, who do I make home with now? Who will wait up for me when I come home late? Who will tend to the stuff of life with me? Where can I belong? In my sweatpants and unwashed hair, bedraggled from the day's trials or the night's sleeplessness. Home. It was November 9th, 2016, the day after the 2016 presidential election, and I'd spent my day in a sort of shocked haze. I had gone to work in Cambridge, I had interviewed for an internship, walked amongst the other folks who were also generally dazed. And then a text thread. My wife and our roommate, McKenna. McKenna reported that the people in her classes were not doing very well. My wife reported that a queer young adult from her former evangelical summer camp wasn't okay. And someone from the coffee shop that she worked at too, because my wife is just one of those people that everyone tells things to. And so it was decided. Soup at our house, 7 p.m., anybody can come. I want to be clear that any sort of spontaneous dinner party is almost always my wife's idea. I, I always need to convince myself that it does not matter at all that our house is messy and that so am I. And so we made soup and fresh bread. I cleared our piles off of the table and people came. Random people I didn't know and who definitely did not know each other, all sidling up to the table for soup, for solace, for company who understood, for home. Home is something we make together, not through fancy tablecloths or even the exact right recipe, though that one can help. We make home by bringing our own vulnerable selves to the table, by dropping the puffed up professional versions of ourselves and sitting down for a feast of humanity. Your sadness flopping down at the table next to my anxiety, next to his grief, passing the bread and the salt. Ruth and Naomi lived in an entirely different world from us. And yet, Naomi, the refugee widow, lost, vulnerable, and very much alone in the world. Ruth the stubborn, grieving one, unsure of where she could fit in, her anxiety about the future palpable. And so they create home together. The way was unclear, the sorrow was deep, the famine was endless, the powers that be were chaotic. But together, together they journeyed on on towards home. We all need a place we can come home to. 
where your unpolished self can sit down at the table alongside other very much unpolished selves without shame, where all of you belongs no matter what. This is what church can be. Home, a place to rest, to renew your hope and to share your joy, to write out your story as you become part of the sacred story that weaves us all together, the story of God making a home right here on earth, right here in this place, right here in your heart and right here in mine, this church. This church longs to be a home for you. It's already a home for some of you, a place where you belong, that you can come home to, where you can show up in your Sunday best and your Thursday good enough. Friends, God is calling us home, each of us. No matter how long you've been away, no matter where you've wandered or what you've done, no matter what your story is or what scars you bear, no matter if you're bored of religion's hypocrisies, so are we, even if you don't know what to expect. No matter what else you've heard, know this, God is calling you home. God is calling me home. God is calling us to make a home together, a soft place to land and a brave place from which we can serve. Beloved, God is calling us home. Amen.